Hello, you're listening to Spirit Life Teachings with T. Jason Price, founder of Power for Freedom Ministries. Check out full sermons, encouraging words, and more on our YouTube channel, Facebook page, and website, all linked in our show notes. Now, here's T. Jason Price. And I will uh, get started tonight here in a minute, but before that, and I know what you're thinking, you're going to say, well, you're super excited for tonight. I know I say it all the time because I am, but before that, School of the Prophets is starting in October. We will have that sign-up registration coming out this week, and so I'm excited about that. A lot of you have been asking, is it going to be in person? Yes, it'll be in person in our Windsor location, but it'll also be Zoom. So no matter where you are, if you have internet access, you will be able to join us on Zoom. And again, that'll all be coming out this coming week. We are excited for that. Thank you very much for your patience. One more time, T. Jason Price. Power for Freedom Ministries, getting ready to do Spirit Life. If you want to know more about the ministry, go to our website. And if you're watching on Facebook, like the page, share it, comment on YouTube, subscribe to the channel. And I think we're getting the signal. We're good to go. So we're going to open in prayer and get started. Father, we thank you for tonight. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your hand and direction in our life. We thank you, God, that you know the plans you have for us, that you set this before any of us were even here, God, before we were out of the womb, you knew and had a plan for each and every one of us. We ask you, God, to help us find that, to really press into that, to get excited and passionate about building the kingdom of God with you. Father, that we would just put everything aside, let every obstacle, let every hindrance, every reason that comes to mind. Let it all just become nothing that we may follow you and, and follow you, Father, with all of our heart. We love you. We thank you. Open our ears, open our eyes that we may grow tonight. Jesus, we need you every day. Holy Spirit, guide and lead us. And we thank you for what you're doing in the areas we can see and the areas we cannot see. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right, so tonight we're going to talk about what you set your mind on, what you think about, and this is really important for spirit life, for uh, living victorious, uh, living a life that is going to put you where you need to be with God. It is important your thoughts. And I know there's a lot of teaching on thoughts and uh, you know different things about what you set your mind to, and but tonight I want to talk to you about you know listen a little bit about the things we fear and the things we worry about. Turns me to Job, the very first chapter of Job. Uh, we are going back into the Old Covenant tonight and going to Job chapter 1, verse 5. And it happened when the days of the feasting had completed their cycle, that Job would send and set them apart as holy. And he would rise up early in the morning and offer burnt offerings according to number of them, all of them. For Job said, perhaps my sons have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. Job did this continuously. Right? So what's happening here is Job is making an offering. We just read it in verse 5 for his sons. And he's doing that and saying, well, maybe you know, maybe they sinned, maybe they cursed God. And so he's doing this to protect them just in case they did it. And he did this continuously. And join me to chapter 3. This is after uh, the Lord and Satan had a conversation. Job's sons are um, gone at this point. His cattle, some things are already being taken from him. And we know that the stress keeps getting worse and worse for Job. He ends up with boils and more and more keeps happening to him. 
Uh, but here in verse, in verse, sorry, in chapter three, verse twenty-five, Job says something extremely profound, something that I believe all of us can relate to in some form or another. For the dread that I dread has come upon me, and what I am afraid of befalls me. And I want to change the versions here to New King James. I want you to read it in that, and you're probably more familiar with this. For the thing I greatly feared has come upon me, and what I dreaded has happened to me. And you probably heard it said this way, my biggest fear has come true. All right. So what's happening here is Job saying the thing that I have greatly feared, the thing that I have feared the most has come upon me. And what he means is, you know, his family, this attack is coming. He, you know, he was making preparations for his sons to make sure they didn't do anything wrong just in case they did. And he's saying here, you know, it's happened. It's come upon me. And so here's an example of somebody who was, you know, being precautious, right? He was just throwing the best he could as a father. He's saying, well, in case this happens, I'm going to make it because I don't want anything to happen. And I think if you're a parent, you can understand that. We don't want anything to happen to our children. And then something happened, and he says, my greatest fear has come upon me. I believe that in every single one of us, now depending on where you are in your walk with God, depending on where you are uh, in evaluating of yourself and actually acknowledging the things about you, and what I mean by that, like where your maturity is of accepting who you are as a person. Now, I know in the Christian world, we like to act like we're a little bit more than we are. We like to, you know, the Christianese and language and all that stuff. But at the heart of who you are, you know, I think if you're honest with yourself and you really do an evaluation, we'll find these areas where we realize we may not have the faith we need or we may not understand God the way we want to or um, we don't have victory in things the way we want to have it yet in certain parts of our life. And I think that all of us can come to a point where we say deep down inside, what is one of those things that if it happened to you, would be your greatest fear. Your children, something happened to them. If your spouse, if you ended up single, uh, you know, if you ended up broke, if these, if you got a diagnosis from a doctor or something happened, you know, and I can relate to this. When I was in torment for years uh, before I got delivered out of that, I, I would worry about all kind of things. You know, uh, if, am I going to stay sane? You know, are these bad things going to happen? I'd worry about my children. I'd worry about all kinds of stuff. And the longer that you keep your mind focused on all these things that you're worried about, the more real they become. Now, we know Job's story. We know the reason behind it. We know Satan talking with God and, and have you considered my servant Job. That's not the case for all of us or any of us to this degree. So not talking about that. I'm talking about in the normalcy of life where you're going through, if I lost my job, if I lost my house, if I lost my children, if I lost my spouse, if I got diagnosed with something, if, uh, you know, we all have these fears. Not everybody wants to admit them, but I think at the core of everybody, there's that thing in you that, man, if that would happen, your greatest fears come upon you. And Job was preparing so that wouldn't happen. And I think some of us live our life preparing for that happening. In other words, some people are so scared uh, that they're going to get broke, that they hold on to money so tight, they never have enough. And what they have, they, they lose. And some people are so scared of their spouses or, or being single or something happening that they hold them so tight, they suffocate them, right? Or your children. And so we're not intentionally making things happen. So I don't believe you're intentionally making your biggest fears come alive. But when you're focused on your biggest fear all the time, all day, every day, everything you're doing, and that might be extreme. You might not say every day. Okay, well, if you have a, a trigger or something in a movie or something reminds you of it, maybe you do. But if you're living your life like that, if you're living your life where you're thinking about the fears in your life happening, you're thinking about the 
protective or the precautions or the things you need to do to prevent them from happening, then your mind's not on the things of God. Your mind can't be both places at the same time. You can't be thinking about the things of God and preparing or being, you know, in a state of I got to make sure I'm 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 got everything I need. So if this happens, I'm not going to fall apart. You're living your life out of a fear, out of acting out of fear instead of acting out of faith or acting out of obedience or acting out of what God's called you to do. You're living your life out of fear that if these things happen, I need to be prepared. Now, I'm going to say something to you, and I'm not saying that you should not do these things, but I'm going to say something to you. It's almost like for people to have uh, generators and 3 million thousand gallons of fuel for them or food enough for 18 months in your basement or, you know, all these. I know I'm exaggerating. I'm trying to, to make a point. Uh, there's nothing wrong with being prepared for a storm or electric. I get it. I, I'm not saying that. I mean, but if your fear is this whole nation collapsed and we're going to be out in the uh, streets, there's no food, there's no water, there's nothing going on. You're living your life based on that instead of maybe living your life that God will provide you with manna, right? God will have your your jar of peanut butter or whatever it is never run out because God can do those things. And so you you understand if you're the same way with money, you, you have everything you save, 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 and you're not living a godly kingdom example financially, then you're not actually building anything. You're doing the opposite, Right. So if you're praying and learning how to make a jar of peanut butter last forever, you don't need 100 jars of them. If you're learning how kingdom finances work, you don't need a massive savings account because you're in kingdom finances. If you are praying over your children and understanding your authority as a parent and how to protect your kids, then you don't need to worry about all day long something happening to them. If you're living a godly relationship and you're doing what you need to do in that relationship, you're you're living biblical in it, then you don't need to worry about having an escape plan or a way out if something happens. Are you following what I'm saying? If you're living out of that fear, then that's what's driving you into all the decisions you make. But if you're living out of how God is the answer to those problems, and that's what I want to encourage you, we've got to live how God is the answer to those problems. So if your greatest fear comes alive, if it would happen, if it would get to a point where it feels like everything that you thought, oh, if this happened, would happen, you know, you would be devastated. How is God and how are you preparing yourself for God to be the answer to that question, to be the answer to that problem, to be the solution? All right. Now, I want you to jump with me uh, into Colossians chapter three, verse two. Set your mind on the things above, not on the things that are on the earth. One of my greatest fears when I was really struggling uh, and mine started around 13 uh, years of age, so all the way up until my early 20s till the Lord delivered me, is I was scared, beyond worried, petrified, if my father would pass away. He was my rock. Uh, he was my place where my mental uh, security at that time would be. I could, I could find peace in that. Uh, and when I was a young man, he got diagnosed and he passed away at a young age. And when he did pass away, my world collapsed because I had everything in my hope, my security, and you know, and I'm not saying that I was doing anything wrong, but I had way too much in him besides God. I mean, there's nothing wrong with honoring your your mother, your father, having them as some security in your life, but when they become greater to you than God, right, then that's that's out of order. And when he when he uh, you know eventually went home to be with the Lord, I I was distraught. I didn't know what to do. I didn't even know up, down, left, right. And I just waited for 
everything to go horrible, for all the torment to be worse, for everything to, to fly apart. Because I knew at that moment when I had that blanket gone, that strong tower, that prayer, uh, the one that would keep me going, I knew I was just going to fall apart. Now, I prepared the sense of doing nothing to actually learn God in that area. What I prepared for in a sense of was, if he's gone, what am I going to do? What plan am I going to do? So what happened? Well, God entered uh, into my life in a way that I never knew him before because that's where I found God in a way I never knew him before because I didn't need to know him in that way before. Now, I'm not comparing myself to Job or you to Job, but when your greatest fear happens to you, you'll find God. You'll find God in a place you've never seen. And what does Job say in chapter 42? You know, my whole life I've heard of you, and now I see you. Right? It's not like he never knew of God, but there's a difference in God when you now have, and I hate to say it this way, but this sometimes is just the blunt truth of it, when he's all that's left. And, and, and you know, you can be ashamed or embarrassed, say, oh, I can't believe I lived where, you know, I was at a point where I really pressed into God because he was all that was left. Well, I wouldn't have said that while my dad was alive because I thought I was pressed into God. But I didn't realize how much fear I had in him passing until he passed. And I realized I don't have as much in God as I thought I did. Though if you'd asked me before, and I'm sure if I'd ask you now, you would say, yes, I'm very pressed into God. I'm, I'm pursuing him. I understand him. I'm really digging into the Lord. And I'm not saying I ever want this to happen to you. And, and please, Lord willing, it never happens to you that you would experience having to go through something in your life that would really be your greatest fear. But if you ever did, it would it would open your eyes to say, maybe I don't know God the way that I thought I did. Unless right now you're preparing yourself for the answer to be God. Not you, not preparing for it, but the answer to be God. And here's what happened. I found God in that area. I found God in that place. And I can say to you certainly uh, with everything in me, that the Lord is my answer for everything. I no longer have a greatest fear, not bragging that some great maturity of decision. No, unfortunately, it was immaturity and life happened and I had no choice but to grow, right? Or you give up and, I, and I'm, I'm not uh, known for quitting. So I was moving forward and I had to learn how to make God everything, how to set my mind on God, okay? So I had to figure out how in the world am I gonna raise kids? I had two little kids at the time. I was a father at 18, I had two little kids. How am I going to raise them without having a father? I, did, I didn't have mine. He went home to be with the Lord. Well, the Lord blessed me with strong Christian men who stepped in to my life. They didn't replace my father. They stepped in and helped me and grew me as I matured through them. I raised my family, and I, I led them in a direction that was healthy towards the Lord. And the Lord sent businessmen, and the Lord sent pastors, and the Lord sent apostles and prophets, and the Lord sent everything into my life that I needed for the equipping and the, and the preparation for what God was doing to do in my life. Now, all these people that I'm mentioning to you were uh, around me close enough that at the time my dad was alive, I could have been pressing into these areas with God and getting counsel and understanding through these different uh, and various men that the Lord had placed in my life, but I didn't because I had no reason to. You understand? I had I had everything locked into a plan of what I was going to do if something happened. And what I was going to do had nothing to do with understanding God's way over mine. And I'm sure you can relate to that. Whatever you're preparing for probably isn't 
God's way over yours. It's probably in your mind what sounds right to you. It probably is something that you say, well, uh, I'm going to have X, Y, and Z in place in case this happens. What we really need to have in place of in case something happens is God. And I mean God in the sense of he's your everything. And wherever tonight or, you know, today you're listening to this, I want to say today, tonight, I don't know when you're listening to it, but you want to find those areas where God is not that everything in your life, where God, you know, if you're honest, that God is not the source of where you go to for that ultimate security, that ultimate provision, that ultimate grounding, uh, peace, love, mercy, grace, calmness, right? You know in the area of your life, and most Christians will not admit, they will say, well, I don't have any, God's everything. Well, I understand that, and I pray and I hope that's true. But for those of us who may want to look a little deeper, maybe we're not mature enough to be there, you know, it's helpful to say to yourself, God, in this area of my life, I don't know, I don't know how to make you that. I don't know if I went through a Job story, if I could set my mind strictly on you and not on the things of the world. Like, I don't know if I'm able to say that I would let you just full abandonment of my plans and, and what I have prepared for security, that I would trust in the Lord, that I would give and lean into him with all his understanding and not my own, that I could honestly say that if something happened today that that should wreck me, that should knock me down, it, it may push me back. But I know that I know God in that arena. How's that happen? Well, you've got a purpose and you got to have intent to find that with the Lord. The Lord's willing. The Lord's not going to push any of you away. The Lord's not going to tell any of you he doesn't want you around or he doesn't want uh, you to be there or, you know, he's got doesn't have time or he's tired or whatever weird things the enemy might try to whisper in your head. God 100% has the time and wants to. In fact, it's his desire to get close to you. So turn me to the Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is dignified, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence and anything worthy of praise, consider these things. Okay? So we want to put not only our heart and guard our mind, verse 7, right, surpasses all comprehension, the peace of God. We want to put our mind we want to put our heart into things that are true, things that are uh, right, things that are pure. Let's read this in a version some of you are a little bit more familiar with. Uh, verse 8, we're going to read in the New King James, whatever is noble, whatever is true, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever are things of good report. If there's any virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. We know that the Holy Spirit guides and leads us in truth, and we know that uh, Jesus, he is love. And so we know that we are equipped with the source of what is pure, what is lovely, what is a good report. And we can focus and put our mind on these things. So we can start right now, today, building your self-esteem, building your confidence, building your worth, building your, you know, your horrible, I hate to say it this way, but building your your plan if something bad happens, building your your security, building you. Building your spirit, your inner spirit, your uh, strengthening you from the inside. You can start today by choosing to not live a life on what you would do if your greatest fear came upon you, but what you would do regardless 
because you're focused on Jesus. In other words, you're not doing it in a preparation of the worst thing ever in your life. You're doing it because you just want to be close to God. And here's what you're going to find out. Life still happens. Things happen, unfortunately, not always the way you want them. However, you press into God, and he'll show you an answer. He'll find the way. He'll open the door. He will get you where you need to be. Maybe not the way you'd have thought. Maybe not the way you want. Maybe not all these things that you have in your checklist. But God will not fail you. God will not let you down. God will never disappoint you. He will not lead you astray. He won't give up on you. He won't tire. He won't wear out. He won't say he's bored. He won't say you annoy me. He won't say I don't have time. He won't say you're not worth it. God will always be there for you, especially when you hunger for him and press into him. You'll find that he's been closer to you than you ever knew. And what we want to make sure as spirit-filled Christians that our mind is on him, our security is in him, our self-esteem is in him, our well-being is in him, our mental stability is in him, our health is in him, our worry about tomorrow is in him, our finances are in him, our marriages, our relationships, our children, our jobs, or whatever, it's all in him. In other words, it goes to him first because they're all his, and it filters out of him back to us. It does not go through us and then go to him. No, it goes to Jesus first. And at the end of all this, we know Job was restored. Great story because you know the ending. Not so great if you're in the middle of it with Job and you, and you don't know the ending. But Job never sinned. He didn't curse God. He, he kept his integrity through this. And I believe there's a part in there, if you read it and really study Job, we can't talk about Job tonight, but if you really study the book, you will find where this thing in him starts to happen. Even when his friends are telling him to give up and his wife's telling him to give up and curse God, a young man stands up and says, hey, I listen to you guys long enough, right? And, and Job starts to turn. And when Job starts to turn, God says to Job, I love it, love it, love it when God says to Job. He says, brace yourself like a man because I got to talk to you. And so I, I would I would feel like I'm not teaching you the whole um, part tonight if I would leave that out. Brace yourself like a man, like a woman, because when you press into God, and I'm telling you, hand on the Bible, absolute positive truth here. When you press into God, you are going to have to brace yourself because you're you're going to meet the man, the, the only living God, the only person, right? The man of Christ, Jesus himself, the Father, the Holy Spirit, all you know, all in one. You're going to meet everything and every answer of every problem you could have ever thought of. You're going to meet the answer, the solution, the all in all, the great I am that I am. And it is a bracing because every single one of your worries and every single one of your excuses, he has the answer. He is the answer. Like he's not going to sit there and say, we'll have to figure it out. He already knows. He can look you right in the eye and say, I am the way, the truth, the life. Like, period. You, you'll get the goosebumps. You'll get the, you know, the, the hair stand up. You'll say, man, I've, I'm, I'm talking to God. I, I met God today, tonight. I met him. And when that starts to happen to you, you're going to go to God first in everything, right? So you're going to pray for your kids. You're going to ask the Lord how to pray for your children. How do you pray for your kids? You ask God how to pray for your kids. You ask him to lead you. How do you pray for your spouse? You ask God how to pray for your spouse. How do you pray for your finances? You ask God how to pray for you. How do you, God first, everything goes to God, right? So you become like a kid and you're going to, you look at it this way, you're going to bug God about everything. You're not bugging him, but just say, I'm going to bug you today. How do I, how do I, how do I? And God's always going to give you the answer. You're not going to live out of if my greatest fear happens, you're going to go ahead of that 
and get the answer so your greatest fear is no longer your greatest fear. I'm not saying the events won't happen. My father was not going to live forever. Right? It's unrealistic for me to believe he would have lived forever. I believe he should have. I would have loved for him to live longer, but it's unrealistic to say that he was going to live forever. That doesn't make any sense. But I can be prepared for the day that the Lord would take him home. You can be prepared for the day the Lord takes your spouse, your parents, your children, your whatever, and does what God wants to do with them. I'm not saying home. I mean just in a general sense of what God's going to do with them. If God decides to take your finances and use them, if God takes your job and use it, takes your geographical location and use it, takes your children, your husband, your spouse, and just use them, moves them, you know, distributes and 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 moves things in order of his kingdom, you can say, God, I'm going with you. God, I'm going there. God, I have the answer. God, I might not understand it, but I've got it. You don't have to live in fear. You don't have to have a plan for your greatest fear. You don't have to have it. You can have a constant solution to everything. And, but you've got to press into God. You've got to press into God with everything before you ever make a plan of your own. Let your life be directed by the Holy Spirit. Let your self-esteem, your worth, your identity, everything. And then if you hear the news you don't want to hear, you'll say, Lord, I trust you. I trust you in the comings and the goings. I trust you in the blessings. I trust you in the good times, the hard times. I trust you. I give this to you. You give them everything, and then you really give it to them. You let it go. You let it go. Give him your children. They're his. Give the Lord your children. You don't have to worry about it the rest of your life. Give the Lord your children. Give them your marriage. Give them your finances. Give them your job. Give them your life. Give them everything. And when God does whatever God wants to do with those things, and, and, and they're his to do, remember, they're all God's property. Everything we have is God's. None of it's ours. It's all God's. We're just barring them, right? We're just using them while we're here. Whatever God decides in his sovereignty, in God's goodness, and things that you don't even understand, and, and, and I won't understand, and maybe we never will, you will walk away knowing this. I trust in God. I have my security in God. I believe with all my heart that God is going to work this out, right? He's going to turn this thing and make it come together the way God wants it to be. Why is that so important? For a spirit-filled life, because if you're living a spirit-filled life, the world is not your answer. Your gifts won't operate in the world. Your gifts of prophecy, miracles, healing, deliverance. The world, doctors will tell you it doesn't exist. Psychiatrists will tell you this, right? Fortune tellers, psychics, all this stuff. No, no, no. You don't worry about that. You press into God. You have a genuine gift of healing, a genuine gift of miracles, a genuine gift of deliverance, a genuine gift of of prophecy, revelatory gifts. You don't you don't let the world filter God and don't let the world filter your fear either. Make your fear submissive to the authority of God. In other words, put God rule and reign over that fear. Instead of that fear being so strong and so uh, bold in your life, you make that you fear be submissive. Let God be the dominant thing in your life, not fear. Don't let fear become dominant. You make fear submit to your authority, submit to God's plans. You take those thoughts captive. You say, not today. It's my brain. God's given me the mind of Christ. I'm, I'm grabbing those thoughts, and I, and I am not submitting them. Fear is going to submit to the dominion, right, the rule that is in me through God. And I'm telling you, if you start to do that, 
and I encourage you to start to do that, you will not be able to say, my greatest fear has come upon me. You will not have a greatest fear. You will have an answer, a consistent, constant answer. And this are all development tools of spirit life teachings are all development tools on the inside to be prepared to operate in your gifts. People say, well, apostle, uh, pastor, prophet, evangelist, teacher, uh, I, I want to learn how right, to go out and be the great evangelist or to do these different things. Well, you got to get this stuff in you right first. You got to get your spirit right. Uh, and so our, our goal with Spirit Life is to give you these foundational tools to get your spirit built up and on fire in the right track for God. And I know, I know, I want to talk about the prophets. I want to talk about signs and wonders and miracles and healings. But it's not in the order that we sometimes like to teach stuff, right? We've got to get ourselves strong, healthy, bold, courageous, with understanding of the principles of God in the spiritual sense. Then, once we have get these things started and applied in our life, then we should go pursue the gifts, we should pursue the calling, we should pursue all those things. But until you get these in you foundational truths, really grounded and honest God really truth, and I mean grounded in truth, you will just make a mess of the other stuff because the enemy will come and steal that seed out of your life. And so my prayer for spirit life, my hope of you joining us, uh, the excitement of every week of doing this is to help and watch you grow and develop on the inside a mighty warrior for God. So by the time he calls you and sets you into your path of doing ministry, Man, ain't nothing going to stop you, right? You're going, you're going with boldness, you're going with direct, you're going with authority, you're going with anointing, you're going with a purpose, and you know of who sent you. And that's, you know, that's the goal, really. And that's how we don't become just a flash in the pan. That's how we finish this race stronger than we started. And I feel like I'm running out of time and getting ahead of myself. So we're going to end and slow down and give you a prayer and give you an opportunity tonight to to move in that. And if you're not watching tonight, tomorrow, any day, I don't matter when it is, start this process. All right. So I want to pray with you. And as always, thank you for sharing the videos. Thank you for subscribing and liking and commenting and all that great stuff. Join us in Windsor if you're in the area. And uh, my winter or fall itinerant of going out starts here pretty soon. And we'll have all those dates coming up for you. We're excited about that about pursuing God. Be serious about living a spirit-filled, spirit-filled, powerful life for God. Let's pray uh, and agree together that, you know, God's going to have you get in a position in the very near future, you will not have a greatest fear that can come upon you. Amen. Father, we thank you for tonight. We thank you, Lord, for all that you have done. We thank you for opening our hearts and our mind and revealing to us tonight, God, you are the answer. You are the solution. You are the preparation. You are everything. God, we ask tonight that you help us grow mature in that, that you help us uh, to grow and just develop these tools within us, that we may be prepared and ready for whatever comes upon our life, that you would be the answer. We ask that the Holy Spirit would give that guidance and instruction, encouragement, and a boldness to pursue these things. We thank you, God, that you are, you are the answer. There is no one like you. There's never be anyone like you. You are everything. You are God. Now, Jesus, we 
thank you for your sacrifice on the cross. We thank the Holy Spirit for your work of guide and leading us. We thank the Father, your love and your plan over our life. We just ask that these things would come alive within us, that we would learn to lean into you, to set our mind on you. Everything we have, we give to you, God. It's all yours. Everything we have, we give to you. We love you. We thank you. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Again, T. Jason Price, Power for Freedom Ministries. Go to our website, pffministries.org. Everything you need to know is right on there. If you're on Facebook, like the page, subscribe. If you're on YouTube, if you're on a podcast, keep spreading around. Uh, we thank you so much. And for those that are supporting us uh, with prayer and partner with the ministry, thank you. Thank you for those that have supported us financially, partner with the ministry. Thank you. Thank you. We couldn't do anus without your prayers and your support. So thank you on behalf of the ministry. Thank you. God bless. See you. And uh, God bless. We hope you enjoyed this episode of PFFM Spirit Life Teachings. If you have any questions or comments, need prayer, or just want to reach out, please call or text 717-537-PFFM or email us at info at God bless.